We are live. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back once again. This is RTBTH with your boy Hirsch. Tunde joining me as well. How you feeling, my boy? Feeling good, man. Feeling good. Always good to be on the podcast recording. Excellent. Yes, I feel you on that. So we have a really exciting uh, guest for everybody today, a returning guest once again to talk some real shit, real talk with the pod. Uh, to go beyond back, the headlines, everybody. of course. <laughs> to go beyond the headlines. You already know. Been, been a uh, lot of headlines in the NBA lately. Yes, yes. And for those reasons, we have the basketball expert. Welcome back, Will. Woo, yeah. Add some hey. sound effects, you know. Burr, 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 burr. <laughs> Man, it's always great to be back on Real Talk Beyond the Headlines. Yeah, man, thanks for having me back, guys. You know, what's been up with y'all? Nothing much, man. You know, vibing out. It's been a pretty good summer. Um, of course, the NBA season did wrap up. Some would say in a disappointing way. Today, I don't want to spoil anything. But yeah, been been living life, living my best life. How about you, Tim? Yeah, man. Same, living my best life. Uh, as Will knows, Herschel and I are PhD students. So, you know, that drives the majority of our day-to-day life and decisions. But I, I will say, I find it very interesting how much the NBA is just like a any like year long sport, you know, in terms of the media cycles, but you know, it seems like moves are being made more frequently that are kind of unexpected. So that's been a very exciting part of my life. Just the NBA yes. drama. <laughs> yes, this yeah, offseason no, drama. Yeah, the, the the NBA has definitely become a, you know, year round kind of news cycle trying to get like their big brother the NFL. So um it's been interesting to see all the all the summer stuff. I know um, I was watching a little bit of summer league. Um, have been watching these pro ams. You know LeBron pulling up to the Drew. Uh, my boy Paolo Bancaro pulling up to the um, what was it? Um, Jamal Crawford's pro am dropping fifty out there in Seattle. Shout out to Duke gang. You know how we do. Um, so yeah, man, the summer has been it's been interesting, man. It's been hot as hell too. Yes. But yes. Indeed. Yeah, man. NBA's had a lot. But, um, you know, off top, I think, you know, we'd be remiss if we didn't start off with um, some news that broke today um, about the passing of, you know, the legendary, the great uh, Bill Russell. You know, so I know me personally, as a basketball fan, I just, you know, want to say rest in peace to a legend who who was just, you know, the pinnacle of of winning of black excellence, you know for so long and inspired so many generations of players um you know so definitely uh rest in peace and power to bill russell indeed salute Most definitely yeah yeah very well a, said a giant in in uh the history of basketball and nba and, and a giant like in stature as well physical actual stature and a giant post nba career like he's really maintained um a sense of you know belonging and you know, giving himself to the community and to society as an advocate and as a leader. So, and I guess I got to say something about Boston, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> yeah, since, you're the resident Boston guy. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I mean, I don't know, like Bill Russell isn't like heralded, like just like on every corner here, but he, he has spoken a lot about how Boston was a very racist place to play. And he's stayed with the team all his career, which is incredible. But you know, personally, as someone who enjoys living in Boston and thinks there's a lot of culture, you know, despite some of these uh, racist, you know, uh, you know, perceptions of it. Like you have to um, uh, imagine that him and his dominance made it capable and possible for Boston to sort of, you know, become the liberal bastion that it is today and the inclusive bastion. So salute to a legend once again. Damn, I didn't actually think about that. But, yeah, I, I would imagine he uh, added a lot of culture and cultural perspective to a city that, you know, just as you said, has been painted with a racist label. But even you being up there have been able to find like cu- cultural touch points. So, um, yeah, one of the prior things you were just mentioning was uh, a concert you had went to. And I was like, damn, y'all, y'all have that kind of environment and atmosphere that you can develop in Boston. That's that's lovely. That's great. So Indeed. salute go, to that. Salute go ahead and check out the uh, the the Instagram exclusive quick take hashtag RTBTH on Instagram to hear about that particular topic. But will we got we got some 
we got some topics that we're going to throw at you, bro. So just please, like, give it to us straight. Uh, we're talking Ben Simmons. Is LeBron James a GOAT? Kyrie KD, Summer League, Drew League. And, you know, hopefully we, we don't necessarily have to go into extraordinary detail with all of these. But, you know, we want to hear from the expert. We know that you're on top of the news. Uh, you are familiar with players' stories. You're familiar with the history. Man, we need all that. But I got something to start off with that has just been irking me. What happened to Russell Westbrook? <laughs> My guy, Russ. Oh, man. What, uh, what hasn't happened so far? I mean, you know. He opted in for the what? What's what's the salary number? I don't know that off the top. Forty-seven million, I think. Forty-six 40, million. Yeah, forty something. Yeah, definitely a big, nice number. Dropped the video singing to the Beyonce, "You Won't Break My Soul." <laughs> after he opted in, um, and you know, has been in these trade talks um, for supposedly Kyrie, Kyrie which is would just be another whole other side combo. I'm sure we'll get to some Kyrie uh, later. But um, and then, I mean, you look at his play last year, which I mean, the numbers look OK. But like if you watch that team, like he did not give them what they needed. Definitely not. So, I mean, this is like the tail end of his career. And the question has always been a player like Russell Westbrook, like that athleticism, that edge that he plays with recklessness almost like how will that age and it's not looking great and that's unfortunate but it is what it is I mean even his agent has parted ways with him and publicly you know put his name on it that yeah I can't work with this guy you don't even see that that often like think about how many agents have you heard like yo I'm dropping this guy never but um so it's tough man but he's the kind that's gonna go out shooting so I mean this might be it's gonna be entertaining like you know uh, train wreck or something to watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Great point, bruh. So I have a question about that whole situation with the agent kind of uh, essentially quitting, right? I saw that he released a statement basically trying to paint himself in a good light. Like, yo, these are all the things that I did for Russell Westbrook. I gave him this advice or did this or that. Did he or do you know if there was any more elaboration on like what really happened? Like why he made the decision not to work with Westbrook? Was it just like not him not being able to accept that he no longer is the player that, you know, he purports himself to be? Um, what could it be? That is a good question. And there's like two answers because, you know, as you know, in sports and especially on the business side, the agent side, people say one thing but they may mean another so like basically summing up his statement was you know we've done all these things in his career I'm proud of all these different points you know he's talking about his fashion and philanthropy and um you know the, the, the mega contracts and triple doubles that he's already had but he's like you know at this point you know we just have basically like irreconcilable differences I don't know if that was his term but you know that's that's the typical like term that you hear around these situations and it was around him um, and him staying in L.A. I mean, I think Russ wanted out and his agent wanted him to stay. But really, I think it's if you read into it, I mean, he thinks the guy is washed and reckless and he's trying to get out from up under it, which is, you know, odd. It's, it's weird to see, man. But I guess that's how down bad Russ is right now. And that's. <laughs> you can only kind of just say damn. <laughs> yeah, damn indeed. But I mean, damn with 40 million, um, you know, could be worse. Yeah, that's true. So is currently Russell Wilson, I mean, Russell Westbrook, excuse me, I'm going to be doing that. Uh, I already thinking about <laughs> football season coming up. Damn. Um, is he football like guy. So he doesn't have a agent currently. Does he still get that like 10% or whatever the percentage is? Um you know, just straight to him, basically a Lamar Jackson situation where he's been, you know, signing these contracts without a uh, agent. Like, how does it benefit Russ? Um, I'm pretty sure he just switches. He picks up another agent, you know, pretty quickly. Mm. Um, you know, who doesn't want 10 percent of 40 million? Like, I'll take that. So, um, you know, I mean, unless he was he wanted to go independent like a Lamar. Um, and I think we're, we'll see that more. It's interesting. And, you know, I think he's Lamar's to kind of te segue for a minute. You know, he's really kind of that test case. Like, I think in sports, like, oh, 
you know, when you're this level of athlete or star, you know, you're an MVP and you're a proven commodity. Do you even need an agent? You know what you're worth. Um, so we'll see what his contract ends up being. And um, I think that's really going to say a lot for the market. Well, appreciate you talking to us about Westbrook, you know, getting into some of the details. Uh, of course, we love having you on the podcast because you're able to tap into the kind of relational psychological aspect of like, yeah, having an agent, having $47 million um, on the table. Like how does, how does someone even process that? You know, like, you know, you bring yeah. some of that analysis. I mean, personally, man, I just, I, I love Russell Westbrook. I loved him when he was getting triple double seasons. And I mean, I just feel like there was a time when that, that missed me where he went from being, an incredibly great player, best one of the best in the league, best point guard in the league, pretty much, except for Steph Curry, to to like washed, like not just washed, but like washed up on the beach and just like sort of like whale, you know, washed up on the beach, just beached, beached, beached whale, washed, washed. Like I, I don't, I don't. It's it's like a real dramatic change, and that that's what I'm. I need help understanding. Will please, please help me here, dude. I'm. I'm right there with you, man. I I don't know when he fell off so hard, but I just know like, you know, there's like if you if you go on Twitter, there's like these super cuts, these compilations of his like bricks from last year. And they're just like, like you don't even you barely see stuff like that in L.A. fitness. And I'm just like, how? Like off the side of the backboard, just breaking the glass like it's 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 been rough, man. Um He's definitely not helping himself out with that kind of play. I think it's kind of a situation similar to like Melo where, you know, Melo washed out of the league for a minute there. And it really was about his willingness to embrace a different role, which means, yes, you still are Melo. You still have these skills, but you're going to play a certain way, you know, in order to maximize what's left there. And I don't know if Russell Westbrook is capable or willing of making that, you know, decision, that shift in mindset. So plan so seeing how this play style has manifest particularly late in his career, how do you think it bodes for other players that we're seeing that are up and coming, like John Morant, who are like freak athletes, um, but we're also seeing the rest of the game change and move further away from the basket. Would you like if you had to give him advice or give like, for example, your little brother who's trying to make it to the league himself, like would you say, yo, change your game a bit so you can get some longevity, protect your body, you know, just ensure that this doesn't befall, you know, whatever your career may be in, in basketball and and so forth. Oh yeah, man. Shout out to my little brother, Ben, you know, you'll be seeing him, you know, like class of 2028, you know, top recruits, shout out to Ben Brathwaite, you know, remember the name, but, um, (laughs) you heard it here first. um, No, man, that's, (laughs) That's, you heard it here first. That's right. Uh, that's a good question, though, man, because, like, I think that a guy like Ja specifically, I think his game will age fine because what what makes – and here's another tangent. I think I think we're going to have a lot of tangents today, guys, but um, that's cool. What, what makes Ja special is that he has that crazy athleticism like a Westbrook, right, but his feel for the game is just so, like, also just – leagues above others like his ability to just make plays like you know out there he, he makes great passes and you know gets exciting steals and like you know blocks block shots like I think his game um you know even when he loses that athleticism I think he has a lot on the mental side of the ball that's that's gonna you know carry him far so but and obviously for other won't... guys if okay, they, yeah I was gonna say for other guys you know if they if they're not able to lean on that I think we'll see them struggle. And I mean, sometimes it's not, I don't even want to say it's about being capable, you know, to like mentally, like, it's not like guys are dumb. It's just about what you're willing to do, you know, and kind of egos really. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was basically, I mean, you answered the question I was going to ask, but uh, it was basically going to be about people being able to adapt to that. Uh, If it's mental barriers or, you know, what have you, you know, how can, how can you overcome? And it is sad. I know Russell Wilson, uh, Russell Westbrook is late in his career now. Um, so it may be more difficult for him, but, um, 
You trying to draft Russell be. Wilson in fantasy, bro? Is that what's going on here? <laughs> yes, Brad. He's uh, going to the Broncos this year, right? Yeah. So I'm going to be looking for him to air it out. You know, this they're a uh, mile high city. But yeah, back to basketball. We could talk football on another podcast. Um, yeah. Will, I got to ask you about another player. I do want to get to the broader league in general. But, you know, this one could be quick or however you see fit. But uh, another player who's going in reverse <laughs> in his career, Ben Simmons. Um, look, I, I don't really want to get on the whole Ben Simmons, you know, uh, mental health thing and, uh, you know, the back. And I mean, there's a lot. I, the thing that I think I find striking is all this talk about Kyrie and KD and trades and stuff. I'm like, y'all still have Ben Simmons. And look, I will be the first to call out Ben Simmons' behavior in terms of not playing, in terms of, you know, not playing, basically. <laughs> like, he just didn't play last season, you know. I think that's su- such petty behavior. But he's still an NBA player and a great player, a great defender, an all-star, a passer. Like, are people not thinking that K- uh, KD and Ben can run it and, and do something? Like, it's like this between the all the conversations with Katie and Kyrie and the trade situations, it's just like Ben Simmons just got forgot about. What what's up with that? I mean, would you count on Ben Simmons? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that that's just what it comes down to. Like, we haven't seen this guy play meaningful basketball since, you know, since missing uh since refusing to dunk the ball basically against Atlanta, like it seems like he's been broken ever since. And it's a weird thing. Cause I was, I was one of those, I was a Ben Simmons guy, man. I was like, Oh yeah, he's going to be the next, you know, whoever, like he's going to be one of those guys. And it just, it just hasn't happened. And for me, like you said, he's, he's physically, I, I don't see why he wouldn't be capable. You know, we t- they talk about the back I- injuries and stuff. Some people, some some stuff I've even heard like that it might be psychosomatic, you know, which means like physical pain caused by a mental ailment. And I don't I don't know if if he has that, but I'm not sure that if that's what's going on, that the the NBA or society at large is even equipped to like deal with that or treat it. You know, so I I hope he gets right. But it's a tough sell. Well, you brought up some interesting points i mean yeah societally uh we do struggle with sort of mental behavioral differences and disturbances you know um so that that's a good point of course as i've said will you always bring a broader picture um the human picture you know so appreciate that but yeah i mean i I guess you know execs and fans who are sort of evaluating these situations uh, and just kind of trying to understand the basketball landscape, the NBA landscape, I guess m- many people think that the sort of psychological barriers to him playing are much more of a factor than his actual gameplay. Like, we know he's a, a great player. Okay, we know he's not going to shoot, but, like, he can do a lot. I mean, this point center position seems to be a thing. Jokic, uh, you know, um, I guess maybe even Giannis a little bit. So he, he's got a place in the league and he is a basketball, you know, I hate to use this word specimen, you know? Uh, so, but I guess the psychological factors are, are way more of a factor in this situation is what you're telling me. I think as a uh, laypersons, I would even say that we almost downplay the fact that, you know, all of these professional athletes that we're watching from home, like there were other people that were really skilled that also didn't make it or couldn't perform, whether it was in practice or in summer league or in preseason, whatever games. And they, you know, lost their spot, lost their positions. All of the guys that we're watching in professional sports have made it. And there is a level of professional uh, mental capability that you have to have to continue to play the game. Um, So if it happens to be for him, you know, and I, I, like you're saying, I hate this kind of term of mental frailty or weakness, but like, if he can't stay on the court, then he can't stay on the court. And there is where I would say, yeah, uh, his career is a wrap. Um, hopefully he can get the help he, he needs. I know there are like sports psychologists that people talk to when like pitchers have the yips and stuff and forget basically how to perform their job that they are again, getting paid millions of dollars to do. But like, there's a real, 
you know, there's something real behind that. Like, for example, if, even for your job, if you were stressed and couldn't do it, like, sure, your your job might, you know, give you uh, opportunities or or leave of absence for some, you know, amount of time. But two years go by and you still are not doing your job and you're on payroll. That's going to be a problem for them. You're you you're a liability. So I'm interested to see how uh, coaches and teams get creative with actually trying to utilize Ben, seeing if he can actually get some kind of his his spark back. But it's not looking promising is all I'll say. Yeah, no. And I, I like that you, you know, made it a metaphor to work because like that's that underscores one truth of this that often gets lost is that, you know, the NBA sports, professional sports, it's just it's a workplace at the end of the day, no matter if the salaries are super high and the employees are mega famous, like it's still a workplace. And to what you also said, um, to your other point, I think it's it's going to take a really good coach and organization, which oof, I don't know. I don't really think we've seen Brooklyn to be um, to get the, you know, to get him back to a productive player. I think that's the bar we need to be at. And they, they're going to really have to rebuild his confidence and like set lower goals to let him achieve and work back up to, you know, where, where he was hopefully, you know, a possible defensive player of the year. And, um, you know, somebody who's, who's getting you eight to 10 assists a night, maybe 10 boards and can, you know, Draymond his way into 10 points. <laughs> so, um, I think that's where you should be shooting for. And, um, you know, I'll be rooting for him to get there, but it's an uphill battle. Indeed it is. Well, you know, there's been a lot said about the Ben Simmons story. Plenty has been written about it, and I'm, and I'm pretty sure plenty of hot takes on podcasts. So we'll leave that one alone. Let's open it up to the broader league a little bit. And let's talk about some summer league, whether you got some hot takes or you just got a general breakdown. I don't know much about Summer League. I honestly don't watch Summer League, but I do know one thing about Summer League is that real basketball nerds watch Summer League. So, Will, Mr. Basketball Nerd, please, uh-huh. <laughs> please drop well, the knowledge on us. I guess I can't I guess I can't be full nerd because like I didn't watch a lot. I just tuned dropped in a couple times to see see my boy Paolo. I saw what I needed to see. He was dominating, you know like you're supposed to. Um, and I heard about once, once I saw on social media that Chet, uh, you know, was like going off in his first game. I forget how much he dropped, but like, you know, everybody was kind of talking about it. I was like, okay, I want to see, you know, what he looks like out there. But um, yeah, man, to be honest, I really tried not to watch summer league this year. I was like coming out the season. I was like, you know what? I need a, I need a little break, man. You know, after the finals, and through the pandemic, like the sports schedule just got weird. I was like, I need a clean break. But look at me. I can't stay away. The summer league pulled me back in, you know, those darn Twitter updates. Yep. Yep. Need that fix. I feel you. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know uh, what? I'm sniffing a little Palo <laughs> here and there just to get check. just to get, you know, just to take the edge off. <laughs> well, maybe we can sort of segue a bit into like the draft in general and, and I mean the the guys who were drafted go to the summer league uh I imagine you know uh being a basketball nerd that you you've been on top of the draft so we know uh Paolo it's Paolo right or is it Pablo it's a oh yes yeah, Paolo Paolo okay my bad Paolo yeah. <laughs> but uh <laughs> Uh, so he went first, Chet went second, you know, like what, what is just like the, the talent, you know, that that's in the summer league? Like is Paulo like the, the definite best player, like five years from now, is he the best player? Like what's that sort of calculus looking like for you? Um, so yeah, out of, out of like the young guys, I definitely see Paulo at the top. Like, you know, I, I am a bit biased. I'll, I'll go ahead and own it. You know, if you guys don't Oh wait, know. is that because he went to Duke? Duke? Is that? Is that the bias that you didn't disclose just now? <laughs> that's what people that's that's what people might argue. But when you take into account, you know, his ability to score at like all levels, all three levels on the court, you know, his playmaking ability, his ball handling, his size, his passing ability. He's got to work on defense, but sorry, my dog wants to get in on the, on the hot takes. Um, <laughs> you know, he's got to work on the defense, but let me let's damn guys let me pause for a second bro i'm sorry all good duchess is just saying uh he's a five tool player i feel you dress it up and make it real for me 
sorry for the quick break. If I remember correctly, Duchess was was trying to get in on the conversation on the last time you were on the podcast. So uh, maybe we're just going to have to invite her to the podcast. But yeah. Yeah. You were talking about the young guys, Will. Uh, Paolo, Chet. Um, some of these young guys in the summer league. Yes, they're very young. So many of them. <laughs> like Jabari Smith, Keegan. Some, there's this one guy. <laughs> He's pretty good. <laughs> Thought you were gonna say Look he's pretty young. <laughs> that too, so young. So All right, young. well, well, you know, maybe we'll circle back on that later. Uh, but actually, I do have a statement to make to you, Will. Um, I think for a while, uh, you know, rightfully so, a lot of people didn't have faith in Duke players in the NBA. It was just like this sort of like long-standing uh, stereotype, which. Look, I'm not a Duke fan. I don't really know much about college basketball, but I, I knew for that stereotype was true. I knew that for a fact. All right, maybe I'm over-exaggerating a little bit. But Duke <laughs> in the NBA is really showing up. Obviously, Jason Tatum is the latest, greatest example, going to the finals, being the first ever Eastern Conference Finals MVP, uh, named after his name or, or, or his sort of like, ancestral teammate Larry Bird and of course Kyrie Irving hit the winning shot in the finals um Mr. Slim guy in in New Orleans <laughs> Brendan Ingram whose name I blinked on you know he's he's like an all-star basically I mean he's, I thought you were, talking I about thought Zion. you were making an ironic reference to Zion yeah <laughs> well, well, Slim Slim guy. Guy. yeah well see the thing is Zion is not really stepping up in the way that these other Duke players have but just just your thoughts hey, on the d- hey, dominance th- these look days at, look at the numbers when Zion did play my boy's gonna get right watch this year just watch but anyways that's man shout out to your journalism and excellent interviewing you know that's such a great question um <laughs> man you're a learned doctor today <laughs> so are you Herschel but anyways Duke and the NBA, man, yeah, you know, we used to hear all this all this talk from a certain segment of fans of basketball who wear an ugly shade of blue. And they used to say, oh, you know, y'all don't put nobody in the league, though. But just look, though. Look at the – just look. Just look at the last 10 years. Look, look, look how we've been doing it. Look how Duke has been putting stars in the league year after year, and it's going to continue – we got that sauce, baby. Is there Kylo's anybody up next? that I missed? Jason Tatum is doing it now. Mark, Look, watch out for Mark Williams, too, man. He's going to be a, a dog in the league, swatting people's stuff out of the sky. Watch for him, too. But, um, yeah, man, I mean, we got guys all around the league. You even look at, like, on, like, you know, a middle level, like, you know, there's, like, Gary Trent Jr., you know, a guy. He, he'll drop 40 here and there, you know, um, we got players all up through the league. Didn't uh, Seth Curry go to Duke? Too. Yep. So he did. my he question, did. my question for you, Will, Kyrie. Is, I mean, people, people try. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, uh, no, nah, nah. finish your, finish your thought. No. Okay, I was just gonna say people, people try to act like we can't claim Kyrie. Like, come on, bro. You want to do, bro? <laughs> it is what it is. About. <laughs> I mean, thing about I, is that I can uh, understand the argument, but he did go to Duke. I, I feel it's very appropriate. Because if he didn't go to Duke, if he could, he would have went to the NBA. Uh, I keep, he was forced exactly. to make a decision, and it was Duke. So he went to Duke. I feel like Will is about to break out into a Chief Keef, uh Love Sosa, the beginning of that song rant. People keep saying Duke ain't about <laughs> shit. Duke, all this and that. He's always but, at the um, barbershop. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so... This is a great opportunity to get your takes on whether or not Duke is going to keep up this success now that Coach K has retired. I don't think we've talked to you since that big news has happened. So obviously we're still in the offseason. The new season hasn't even started to come up yet, but I'm sure they're already out recruiting. It's a, you know, 24 hour fucking year round job for for these coaches. So are you excited for the future of college basketball? You know what, man? Yeah, I am. I am, man. You know. I made peace with the fact that we didn't send Coach K out on a win, you know, because I know that was a tough. All he already won all the games that matter, you know. He's Coach K, like he's the winningest coach. Um, so shout out to Coach K. But 
I'm I'm happy about the direction the program's going. I think, you know, Shire's set up to win. I think that, you know, I mean, I don't I don't think I'm giving up any trade secrets, but like, you know, Duke basketball is like big business. It's kind of like it's bigger than one guy. So that thing's gonna keep running. And um, you know, it's evidenced by the recruiting class we're bringing in this year. You know, the recruiting hasn't fallen off at all. Still, you know, like one of the top classes in the country. So I think I think we're in good shape, man. All right. We need you to uh, become a Duke insider so we can really tap into you talking to boosters and just getting the real. You know, I thought you were about to drop some real knowledge for a second, like some real journalism for us. That would <laughs> no, be not, lovely for the pod. Not yet. Not yet. You know, I'll let you know when I come back from s- some of these alumni mixers. <laughs> yep. Get the president a little lubricated. On. I feel you. So I, yeah. I, I would like to just. <laughs> make sure that we acknowledge the fact that, you know, I mean, the curse isn't really completely lifted. If you're talking about the near recent history, you got Jabari Parker going, what, like three or four overall. You got uh, Jaleel Okafor going three or four overall. And, you know, I don't even know if they're mm-hmm. mid-level guys just yet. So, I mean, you know. Mm, yeah, you know, we, we got such a high volume that, of course, there's going to be a few, you know, misses here and there. I mean, when you put in five, six guys in every year. I mean, okay, you know, a few might wash out, but, you know, they're still doing their thing. Let's Shout talk- out to Quinn Cook, though, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Did he win a, a title with the Lakers? Sure did. Okay. All right, so just for and the I next believe- part of this segment, um, did, can you Didn't he go us- get one with the with the war- with the the uh, Warriors, too? He might have got one with the Warriors. Wait, really? Oh, he must not have played too much then. Hey, man. Still got a ring, though, so. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. But yeah, what let's yeah, let's keep it rolling. Yeah, the second part of the segment. I can go can you, all day. Can you please give us a rundown of the best UNC players in the league and what their projection is for Oh, oh, you don't want to talk about okay. All right. My bad. My bad. My bad. <laughs> my bad. I'm sorry. I, I thought you were like a, a all around basketball expert. Like we talked about everything. Unbiased. <laughs> hey man. Hey man. Brady Manic. Sharpshooter, man. <laughs> hey, I do I do I do when when it's when it's credit given, I will give it. You know, like um, what's my guy on uh, on the Suns? See, y'all don't even y'all don't even be keeping up with these UNC guys, man. See, it's just tough. They gotta they gotta bring it better. They gotta bring it. They just gotta bring it. I can't give it to them. They gotta bring it. You know, tune. You might have to add some like cricket noises in <laughs> silence. That shit was hilarious. <laughs> you you heard it here first. No, that's straight blank. I'm like, On was it Justin Jefferson or? All right. So getting back into a little team specific focus, you know, we always rep the ATL here on RTBTH. So Will, if you could just break down some of your thoughts and takes on. The Hawks uh, this past season, maybe they've made some offseason moves that you've liked or disliked. Can you talk uh, some Hawks talk? Hawks talk. Let's do it, man. You know, you know, I'm riding for the home team Um, off top. You know, the big acquisition. uh, We got DeJounte Murray. Uh, It was super sad to see, you know, uh, Red Velvet, you know, the the Red Mamba, um, Kevin Herter shipped out, you know, in that deal. But, you know, we wish him huge success. He'll be good in this city, you know, for forever. <laughs> in my book, at least. Shit. <laughs> and, um, yeah, but DeJounte Murray's a huge pickup because, you know, he's nice. He, I believe he was an all-star this past year, but um, he compliments Trey Young well in that, you know, he's a long, rangy, uh, very defensively capable uh, guard who can, you know, bolster our backcourt um, and he can score. He can play make. Um, I really liked his game. You know, I've been watching him. So I'm looking forward to big things from him. You know, he um, was injured a few years back. He should be back at full strength now, um, you know, and ready to help us compete. Yo, so is he going to take the moniker Dijon Mustard or is that only for DJ Mustard? Since we've also <laughs> lost uh, Red Velvet, you know, I feel like we need some other food related nickname to come in and take that that mantle <laughs> i like that dijon mustard it might it might just stick you know we'll, we'll see you know um but you know somebody's gotta gotta take the food mantle i guess in the city um 
Shoot, hopefully you'll get it. You got Ice Trey. Oh, yeah. You got John the Baptist. <laughs> we got some good nicknames on the team. Yeah. Agreed. I hope that John Collins is um, healthy. You know what I mean? That was that was huge last year. Um, just health, you know, of a lot of guys. You know, Bogey. Um, shoot. Did we, help me out, guys. Did we deal? Um, what's my man's name? Uh, Gallo? Uh, Danilo Gallinari. I think we did. Yes. Yeah, yeah he also was moved from the team. Yes, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, he was he was solid, but I mean, okay. <laughs> you know, we we getting a little younger, a little more rangy, man. We just need our guys healthy, man, and we got we got. I think we got the pieces. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah, I, I really do think. Do. Uh, yeah, we've been tra- uh, projecting forward, so the tra- trajectory is good. Um, I do like the uh, addition of Dejounte, so. Um, I feel you there. Yeah, that was an aggressive move. You know, that's not that's not always been how the the Hawks have done business. So, I mean, from a philosophical standpoint, you know, if that's how they're moving, like, hey, there's a player out there, you know, that can that we think can fill a need. Let's let's use what we have to to upgrade to to be aggressive. So, you know, I can't be mad at that. Turns out that Danilo Gallinari was traded or left through free agency. I don't know the specifics to the Boston Celtics. Uh, the Celtics are increasingly a part of this conversation. Um, but I actually do want to sort of like ask you about the top of the league in, in the context of the Hawks. So the Celtics are at the top. Oh, sorry. The top of the Eastern conference. So the Celtics are at the top of the Eastern conference right now. I personally think the team to beat is still the bucks because they missed their second guy. And I mean, yeah, you know, Giannis is uh, just generational showstopper. But but I think Middleton really lifted that team to the championship um, in some of those playoff series that year. But honestly, like the 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 Hawks went to the Eastern Conference Finals just two years ago. Uh, I don't remember their their showing this year. How they did this year? Oh, they didn't make it out the. The <laughs> yeah, Tony, right? Yeah, thanks, Tune. We yeah, we didn't make it this year. <laughs> you know, yeah, it was an underachieving year. So when but, you talk about the top of the East, I mean, oh, go ahead. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll, I'll see. Even though it was underachieving, the, the the Hawks are still, in my opinion, like still in that that mix. Like I, I feel like they could easily be in the Eastern Conference Finals in this coming season. Right, right. Well, I don't, I don't know if it'll be easy. I, I but I appreciate the optimism. And, um, you know, yeah, I think they could be right back in that mix. I think a lot of people had a confirmation bias from last year, you know, um, thinking that we overachieved making the Eastern Conference Finals the previous year. And that wasn't a fluke. You know, that that team was well put together. You know, they really gelled once the coaching change was made uh, to Nate McMillan. And I think that, you know, last year was just bad breaks. It was it was just, you know, basketball. You could be a bounce away sometimes or injury away or you know play away so like i think that you know with health which is never guaranteed but you know you can hope for it and some of the moves we made we could be right back in that mix like you said i definitely think celtics and the bucks are the teams to beat um you know super impressive teams you know i gotta give it up to the celtics man like i didn't i didn't have them you know get into the finals they they really showed something you know and um (laughs) Even though they're still in trade talks and stuff with KD, I think you know you have to you have to pencil them in to to go far again next year. Yo, that is a really interesting thing you bring up. How seriously are we taking these? I don't know if they're rumors or. So the next topic is obviously going to be Kyrie and KD and like what the, what the hell is going on between them? Um, either of them staying or getting out of uh, uh, off the nets. Uh, is KD seriously thinking about going to the Celtics? Was that a rumor that was kind of floating around a couple weeks ago? I know no decisions have been made yet, but. Yeah, well, I don't know, if, um, you know, what KD's level of interest is, but I know that reportedly uh, Boston has some interest. Supposedly they had offered um, Jalen. Br- yeah, I believe it was Jalen Brown. Um, I guess straight up, maybe, you know, some picks and whatever, and they. Um, the Nets countered asking for Marcus Smart and um, another piece that I can't recall. They 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 basically you know wanted more. And one point I want to make is 
I think this trade for KD might have already been done if it hadn't been for the Minnesota Timberwolves. They messed the market up. They paid four first-round picks for Rudy Gobert. That changed everything. Now you can't accept less than that for KD. I mean, and that was ridiculous in the first place. Well, yeah, it definitely seems like there's a lot of interesting forces going on into this KD Kyrie net situation. You know, I mean, you're talking about it from the very basketball side, but you know, I just find it interesting that KD and Kyrie seem to not want to play with each other or like, you know, the friendship component is kind of interesting, you know, despite not, I don't want to like be all up in, you know, these dudes random business. I mean, they're hoopers. That's what I care about. But I mean, they've been sort of attached in terms of friendship and likability. So it's, it's interesting. I don't understand what's going on, but will seriously though, like, no. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I, I, I mean, I take it you were going to, you know, reaffirm what you were saying there, but that's that's another piece of it that's super interesting, too. Like, I don't know what those dudes deal is like to me. I think they just smoking big gas and like doing whatever they feel like that day. That's the only thing that makes sense, because like it's just one day to the next. You never know what's going to come out of those guys lips or Twitter accounts or anything, you know. Um, But, yeah, what were you saying? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, uh, you know, interesting sort of character study. And that's one thing I love about the NBA, man. They got some characters. They got some great players and some really interesting, cool dudes, eccentric dudes. But what I was thinking is, just like I was saying earlier with Ben Simmons, like, regardless of the drama, regardless of, you know, COVID vaccines, they are an incredibly talented team with Ben Simmons, KD, Kyrie. Like, I, I just don't understand like what what part am I missing that I guess Katie and Kyrie are missing in and other teams like the Celtics who are trying to pick up Katie like to me I'm just like why don't y'all just run it back like this is literally I mean I'll take the words from Ben Simmons it, it's gonna be scary it's gonna be scary when we're running down the court is that what he said and that's I agree with him yeah. I actually agree with that so what what's up with that man you're right bro like if this was just like 2k you know, that team would be rated dumb high, you know, as long as those guys were on the court together. But, you know, like I said uh, earlier in the pod, you know, basketball, despite, you know, the fact that they're out there hooping, they're playing a game, you know, just like many of us have played at various levels, usually nowhere near that level. But um, it's a workplace, too, you know, and sometimes it's like, hey, man, that guy's cool, but. I don't need to work with him. I can't, I can't get, I can't do my thing, you know, with this guy in the office if he's going to be like this. And maybe it's a situation like that. Uh, KD and Kyrie, you know, maybe it's something completely different. Um, I think that's what's so interesting. And like, we just have to kind of wait and see what they're going to do this time next year. We could be talking about how, you know, KD got that ring and, and Kyrie got the second ring and hit the second biggest shot in NBA history. You know, who knows? Because those guys have that talent. But day to day, it's just a roller coaster. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Big Gas, by the way. Uh, I like that, that name gas, you threw out gas. there. Uh, I feel like, you know, what you're describing, this kind of, you know, imbalance in the workplace relationship also kind of tied into what happened with, with James Harden, where uh, he ended up getting shipped out as well, which... Um, you know, we saw the essential implosion that also happened with him, um, with the Sixers this past year. So, um, do you have any takes there? Um, yeah, on Harden leaving, uh, Brooklyn. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I do, man. Cause I think it goes back again to the workplace thing is just like, yo, Kyrie, like that's my man's KD. That's my man's. But like, I ain't no dude was going to be burning sage in the locker room. Like I didn't. You know, like he didn't know it was going to be what it was, not to mention that he wasn't maybe in his best shape and able to hold up his end of the bargain on the court. That only added to the friction. So I think that's how he ends up getting shipped out. And now, obviously, he has like a chip on his shoulder in Philadelphia because he's, you know, re-signed there for less money than he could have gotten in order for them to, you know, build a team out. 
So he's taking that move to say, oh, you know, I'm, I need to be winner guy right now. So I'm interested to see how that plays out because James Harden, um, that's the, that's always been the thing about him. Like, does he have that dog, like that fire? Like, does he want it as much as other guys, you know, other guys that we talk about as greats. And, um, I think he's trying to show and prove right now. So I'm, I'm really looking at this season and what he does in Philadelphia. Well, I think you may have actually answered a question that I was going to ask you without even knowing the question or even oh, knowing man. the nature of the question. But uh, basically, like, I was wondering if you had a, an idea of, like, Harden's long-term story compared to Katie and Westbrook. I believe that they're all pretty much, like, tied together historically. And the 30 for 30 is coming out. I know that for a fact. I mean, all get drafted to the, no, to the Thunder. Uh, all go to the finals that year, all leave and win MVP. Um, and this is a little bit of a, a underspoken fact, but they all end up playing with, you know, the other, their other teammates separately on another team, um, with as duos. So ah. they have all played with each other on a, on a different team. Uh, to me, the KD story is Warriors championships. Is he capable of winning outside of the Warriors? Uh, Westbrook, to me, is triple doubles. Is he capable of leading a team to a championship in general? What do you think Harden's sort of like story, like what's his sort of like character trait that's driven him throughout the league? His story, you already kind of touched on it a little bit as, as, to, as far as whether he can handle the pressure of leading a team to a championship. Yeah, um, that's some. I think that's some really good insight into like the narrative. You're right. That thirty for thirty, like, is gonna be amazing. Like, you know, they could do they could do a ten part, you know, uh, last dance level documentary out of that story. Honestly, um, and I'd sit down and watch it. But uh, the Harden piece, man, I think that you know his is a little similar to Westbrook. You know, you got a guy who's you know, scoring titles. Um, he's putting up his own fair share of triple doubles and all these eye-popping numbers. But, um, you know, coming up short again and again in the postseason. And I think that's the thing that's hanging over his legacy. You know, you've got all these accolades, you know, and I guess regular season accolades, but can you win that chip? You know, can you can you be the guy to take him there? Or, you know, at least, at least contribute because I think if on the on the 76ers I mean that's Joel's team but like if Harden is the number two guy on that team I think that's a huge you know addition to his legacy I think that's something he's he he seems to want right now based on his offseason moves so um you know that that part of the 30 for 30 is being written right now and we, we get to watch it live so that's dope well said my friend well said yeah, so we have a couple of topics left. Uh, Tune, you have this one on. And I mean, this is like a long-standing debate. I don't know how much we really need to get all the way into it, but we you did updates. ask this question earlier. Uh, yeah, and yeah, we need updates pretty much from our basketball expert. Um, your question being, is LeBron the GOAT? And to tie on to that, I want to get your takes on, uh, there was some news about LeBron in the Drew League, uh, I guess last month or so, when he was basically doing his thing of cussing out refs. Uh, how'd you feel about that, Will? <laughs> and does it affect his GOAT status? Um, yeah, so off top, um, yes, LeBron is the GOAT. <laughs> oh, you know, air horns is no coming question. right now. No question. Give me the air horns. Of course, you know. Um, I mean, I don't have to drag that point out, but in my opinion, yeah, he's he's that guy. Um, as for his his appearance at the Drew League, I enjoyed that a lot. You know, just the day of, I'm, I'm just seeing tweets about, oh, LeBron's going to play at the Drew League. And I'm like, okay, I wonder if there's a stream. And lo and behold, like, NBA.com is streaming this. Like, you know, it's, it's suddenly a huge event. Um, that gym is packed. I actually talked to one of my homeboys that's in L.A., he was at the Drew a few weeks ago, and I was like, yo, you, you, going, you going to try to see LeBron? He was like, man, that line has been packed for hours, bro, like since, since way before they opened. So, like, that's just what kind of buzz it was. And, um, you know, he put on a show, man. It's kind of crazy that 
Um, you know, dropping, I think he ended up with what, 50, 40? You know, he put on a show. I think it was 40 something. And um, it's crazy that all through his career, you know, he's come with this huge expectation and he just like usually delivers like nine times out of 10. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Um, so, no, I definitely enjoy watching that, man. I just love when those kind of stars get to go in that kind of environment. Um, you know, Kobe had graced the Drew, um, you know, had a pretty epic battle with James Harden, who we were just talking about. Um, hits a game winner over James Harden. You know, that just shows how much those guys really love the game, man. How, you know, in addition to the work that they put in and the talent that they have to be at the level, like, they still have that love of the game. And that's that's what's so cool about those moments. Yeah, definitely well said. But, um, go ahead. <laughs> Yo, okay. And then you were talking about him chirping at the refs. I was dying laughing. Like, this man cannot help it, bro. He gonna be he gonna do his Bron thing regardless. I wish the ref would have gave it to him though, cause like tee him up. I mean, an NBA ref, <laughs> an NBA ref, you can't go at LeBron. But I mean, in a Drew League, what they gonna do? Uh, dock your pay? You probably getting like fifty bucks for that game. Like, probably you probably donating that. You know, I would have let LeBron have it, man. You know, go ahead and get my viral moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'd love to see that. If uh, the ref had slapped him like Will Smith had slapped uh, Chris Rock, that'd have been wild. <laughs> yeah. Yo, so uh, it's been said on this podcast before. Uh, we believe LeBron is the GOAT. I'm not ex- ex- actually exactly sure where Herschel stands, but it doesn't matter. LeBron's the GOAT. <laughs> what I think doesn't matter, Toon? <laughs> Wow. Look, fa- facts is facts, but I just wanted to get the update, Will. I mean, he's still playing, so every year we kind of got to, you know, check in and see. Uh, every year it seems like Michael Jordan did something that no one's ever heard of. Every year there's new information of this great thing he did. So, you know, we kind of always hey, got to update the conversation. Yeah, I mean, speaking of the ongoing, like, you know, he's on pace to get possibly the, the scoring t- um, all-time scoring title this year. So, yeah. Yeah, that's that'll be definitely another notch in that goat conversation. So you know, I'm watching for that too. Yeah, personally, I think that pretty much settles it when that happens. Um, fun fact: so people like to talk about Jordan winning six Finals MVPs, most ever. Uh, you know, an incredible accomplishment, six for six. Although he did come back that season. Uh, when he came back and they didn't make the finals, but they he did play in the playoffs, but whatever. They don't count that in there are six for a theft. But <laughs> you know who, who's won second most NBA finals? LeBron James. So so this LeBron like, James. <laughs> yes, yes. This idea that Jordan is just like head and shoulders above LeBron is just crazy. And then some people try to, you know, if they rank Jordan first try to rank LeBron like fourth or fifth. Like y'all are literally insane. So I just had to get that. Unserious bunch. Had to get a man. Skip Bayless did a ranking on their show undisputed and he put LeBron at like nine. I I was like, look, I'm just going to unsubscribe on this YouTube channel. (laughs) Did you actually unsubscribe? Cause that's the only way he's going to learn. Nah, I, I love that show. I love that show. Yep. So if you but, left a comment, he, yep. he likes the engagement. All you did was boost him up. Yeah. He got you riled up, Tune. You're gonna listen in to the next time he has some shit to say. <laughs> yeah, but LeBron I love better be number one on their list. I love uh hearing Shannon Sharp um defend LeBron <laughs> and uh put him up as number one against Skip's freaking uh, relentless scrutiny. Uh Skip, Skip, Skip. <laughs> <laughs> Go that's my limited that's my limited Shannon Sharp <laughs> Will the basketball expert thank you for being on the podcast you know I think that mostly covers the NBA talk I mean uh, we had a pretty broad discussion man I appreciate you coming on uh, got a few more segments but you know maybe just anything on your mind wrapping up the NBA talk like you know future or forward looking statements you know or just anything that was left out? Um, I want to tell y'all to watch out. Paolo is coming. He's coming for everyone. Uh, Zion is back this year. He's going 360 windmill on your grandma. Get her out of there. Not grandma. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
He coming for everybody. Um, Julio Jones, that's not NBA, uh, but uh, he just happened to he'd be on my screen, man. Falcons legend. I hope you get that ring, bro. You deserve. No. Because that means Tom Brady will win another one. I feel like it's inevitable <laughs> that that's going to happen. He hey, man, perfectly balanced year, as all things should be. That's true. Salute to Thanos. But um, no, NBA, man, I'm – I'm just um, I'm just uh, excited, you know, for the season, man. Like lately, the way the league has been is like there's so many good teams, so much young talent. Uh, we didn't even, you know, get to talk about, uh, um, you know, really like the Western Conference, you know, Luka and the Suns and everything that's going on with them. Jokic, there's just so much talent in the league, man. I'm just ready to to watch it. Most definitely, man. Yep. We'll probably just have to have you back on the podcast to. Uh, talk about it moving closer to the season. Got a couple sidebar uh, topics for you, Will. Um, you know, just some quick hitters. First of all, we go. We got to go ahead and show our condolences, but also our appreciation to Jesus and Mero. Our splitting. I don't even know, really. I just know that they're splitting, but the articles, the media, you know, has written about it in a way that seems like it's not that amicable. I don't know. But Charlamagne, yeah. the guy, said some very real shit on The Breakfast Club uh, earlier this week. He said that we didn't appreciate them enough while they were here. And now there's a lot of talk, like more coverage on the split than their actual success. But they have been magnificent um, since they sort of popped up in my media ecosystem. And I, I know Herschel's a big fan. I know Will's a big fan as well. But uh, Indeed. Yeah, we actually got a yeah, chance man. to go to the one. Brand of their is live forever shows. strong. Yes, yes, the brand is still brolic. Um, big ups, gigantic accolades to them and everything they did at the time. Um, it is kind of sad, you know, that you know they split up, and it, it's it's weird. Just like you said, there are uh, like a bunch of weird rumors and shit floating around about different reasons and rationale of why it happened. And I try to think about it the same way we see like in a, or other sports news leaks of like, all right, so who does this benefit? Like you trying to slander or smear one side or, you know, things like that. Uh, but I do think at the end of the day, it, you know, sadly, it always will come down to money and like money based decisions. And it seems like, you know, the way that it fell, uh, Mero was kind of leaning towards a loyalty to a, you know, friend and coworker in his manager that he had. And Jesus was, I guess, thinking about the money, but it's really tough for us to say since they haven't really, you know, spoken on wax about it. Cause I feel like they were also doing other people's podcasts as the split was happening. Um, they weren't doing their own podcast and their own show had been on and off. Jesus was getting fucking COVID and all kinds of nonsense, but they were just on all the smoke. They were on, um, some other podcasts where they were just talking about their experiences and growing and stuff. But, you know, like you said, you know, RIP to the, the Bodega boys podcast. Um, it will be missed. Most deaf, man. Hey, we always remember the art, man. And Yesenia. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. n- another quick sidebar, you know, we talk about some of the things that we're watching on the podcast on hashtag RTBTH underscore RTBTH underscore on Twitter. Fuck with us. Uh, a show yeah. that I know that uh, I had a feeling Will was going to be watching the show when I texted you about it because I remember your joy and enthusiasm for Nathan for you, uh, which was just like the weirdest kind of like blandest weird funny show that I've only seen a few episodes of. But I've been watching all the episodes of the rehearsal on HBO which is just as awkward as Nathan for you, Will. Tell us what you think, man. Yeah, man, that's that's my favorite show out right now. Um, you know, Nathan Fielder is an awkward comedy genius who I love his comedy because, like, like you said, it, it plays on like the awkward tension of like, but expectations and like everyday behavior, you know, but. It also like holds up a mirror to like society to me in that, you know, um, especially on the rehearsal, like what people will do to be on TV or to, you know, just um, to, to get by as a small business owner on Nathan for you, you know, 
they'll do almost anything. And um, it kind of makes you question like this whole thing. But man, the show is super funny too. Like, um, I don't know, have you guys both been watching? So I haven't gotten a chance to check it out. I did do some Googles once I saw Tune Day was watching it. And I like the uh, Nathan For You show too, but I haven't been able to get to it just yet. So don't oh, yeah, spoil man. it for me. I, I highly recommend it. Me me and Amber, man, me and my girl, we, we were like yell laughing, like having to pause it because we were just laughing so hard. Like the second episode and this guy on there, I won't like spoil anything, but you know, he he he's the former owner of a Scion TC. And man, his whole like arc was just hilarious. <laughs> Absolutely. I saw that um, episode. It was very dramatic and hilarious. Yeah. And, and like, it like blurs the line, like, you know, cause I think it's kind of like a critique maybe, or like a mock-up of reality TV. And you're like, wait, is this real? Or are these people like acting? But like, it's like a little of both. <laughs> nice. That's what, that's what makes it pretty funny and unique. Yeah. It's so like it's, real people in like artificial situations. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I can't wait to check it out once I clear my slate of a few other priorities, responsibilities, response to Trilatrons. I will definitely be getting to that. <laughs> um, but speaking of HBO Max and dope shows, have y'all been watching or have y'all checked out uh, Rap Shit? That's the uh, uh, TV no, show. That's on, I've Easter heard about show. that. Yeah, it's uh, loosely based off of the City Girls and coming up in Miami. Um, I think there's three episodes out right now. Not going to lie. It's pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty funny. Um, of course, they take comedic license. So, you know, we don't know how much it really like sticks to real life. But, you know, these two girls uh, were JT and Young Miami. I forget what their real names are. But um, they lived some interesting lives. So it definitely kind of touches on some of their scamming, some of their, you know, woes with, you know, having kids and still trying to make it in a career, you know, switching careers, the whole, you know, Miami scene of party and style and fashion and booties and rap. So um, pretty interesting. I would definitely <laughs> oh, say. That's dope. I didn't know. I, definitely, man. I didn't know it was like loosely based on the city girls. Like I, I'm, I'm definitely interested now. And I think those government names you were looking for were uh, Young Miami, Carisha, and yes. JT, Jatavia. Yes. The City Girls. Yes. <laughs> That's them. Yes. Um, definitely them. check it out. Um, what else y'all watching? I got a couple other, but I don't want to hog the mic on this one. Yeah. Um, really? Well, it's, it's, you know, the season ended a little while ago, but Barry, also on HBO Max. Yep. You know, Bill Hader. Oh man, dope season. Uh, this was, I think, season three. Just, just a good show, bro. Like the writing, the acting, the just the whole premise of it. Um, you know, it's a hitman trying to retire <laughs> and become an actor. Um, it's this dark humor, you know, and high drama. So they yeah. they had a really good season. I recommend that to anybody. Very dark. No ho, Hank. Great character. Love that guy. Great. I have to admit. Uh, Herschel's been recommending that show for a while, and I I watched the first episode and never really got back to it. But honestly, Will, your recommendation is pretty heavy, so I think. Wow, I'll... <laughs> but not mine though. Wow, I see how it is. First, my I, LeBron you know takes. I appreciate now that this. Man, I, I need I need two really close friends to recommend something, and I'll do it. <laughs> Just uh, the first man recommendation. Needs a quorum. Happened like three years ago, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah, season one. You're right. Yeah. It was fire then, too. Indeed. But yeah, yo, another show that I think you guys might enjoy, especially if you like sci-fi shit, too, and I know you like this type of shit, um, The Man Who Fell to Earth on Showtime. It's got Chiwetel Ejio4, who is a gangster-ass actor. He basically is playing an alien. Um, I'm not going to tell you any more about it because that would be spoilers, but it's him and Naomi Harris. So two... Uh, black main characters in a sci-fi show that's not like you know it's it's high high uh budget great acting they really like hold it down um i binged that shit in like two or three days uh, i think you'd really enjoy it it was based on a, a novel from like the 60s or some shit but it doesn't have anything to do with that it's all in modern times and shit basically this black genius alien dude is uh trying to take over the world it's pretty lit Hey man, you have me a black genius alien dude. 
I feel like that's, <laughs> yeah, I knew that phrase that describes me <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> oh yeah, that, that's my gonna be my next Halloween costume. <laughs> I just uh, I just got to show up. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, have you all seen or heard of the bear? That's also been kind of oh yeah, I've been, a little I've bit. Definitely heard about it. Yeah, as you can see, show. I'm behind, I'm a little behind on shows. But yeah, I've heard it's really good. Like, yeah, it basically follows this uh, like Master Chef dude who's like bumped down to uh, his brother's restaurant, which is basically like a uh, a sandwich shop in the middle of Chicago, and like all the um, uh, dysfunction that's associated with like, all right, well, these are like regular Joes that are trying to operate at a super high level and keep the business afloat, and it's low key like anxiety inducing very similar to uh, uncut gems if you guys saw that but at the same time it's shot really well it's acted really well i don't know if y'all watch shameless but the main character in shameless is the dude uh lip i think is is his name is shameless gallagher yes yes lip gallagher that's him but um but i don't know another good one yeah i don't know it either sorry but salute to you guy and the black the black girl that's in it i've seen her stand-ups it was funny yeah, yeah, she's great as well. Another show. <laughs> I where forget her saying, name though. What's her name? Do you know her name? Nah, I don't. I know she's. We don't know. We don't know anybody's name today. Yeah. Speaking of especially names, especially if though, they went to UNC, we don't know their names. <laughs> we don't know. Names. Yeah, that'd have been wild if she went to UNC, but <laughs> but nah, nah, nah. <laughs> if she was a hooper or some shit, but I know she is on Big Mouth. She plays the black girl on Big Mouth, and, and she's funny. Yeah, like you said. Um, but speaking of Big Mouth transition, um, R.I.P. to Jack Knight who did pass away recently. Yes. He was uh, Devon on Big Mouth, and he was also on the show Bust Down, which I will also recommend. Another black comedy, really funny. They're in like, oh, uh, what the fuck is this dude's name? Uh, the rapper. Oh, tune, we, I just showed you the Freddie show. Gibbs. When I was in. Freddie Gibbs. Yeah, he's acting his ass off in this fucking show comedically. I was oh, man, this, my, my guy got some ch- chops. Uh, I don't know if the show's going to yeah, continue no. since one of the four passed away uh i think it was eventually reported suicide so very sad very sad um that he was wow. having you know, i didn't know troubles. i didn't hear that man that's yeah bro my heart goes out to, to family and friends man you know yeah just try to keep people close man and um you know love on people while you got them indeed honestly that is a perfect final word Matter of fact, can you go ahead and say it again, Will? And we'll just go ahead and end the podcast there. Hey, man. Real talk beyond the headlines. Love your people while you got them. And with that said, I love y'all too, man. Peace. Thanks for having me.